Good morning. We open up with me in your Bibles to John chapter 15 as we come to the conclusion of this sermon series on who am I? It's a look at who we are as God's word declares who we are. John chapter 15, uh, we'll be reading verses 12 through 17. And Jesus says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends, if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends, for everything I've learned from my father I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, to love one another. Father, as we come gathered around your table today, we ask that your word will speak boldly to our hearts will understand clearly your will for us and what it means to be your friend. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry Everything to God in prayer. Joseph Scriven lived in Port Hope, Ontario. It lived an absolutely tragic life that included the death of his wife, multiple battles with illness. But he joined the Plymouth Brethren Group and became a servant to the underprivileged by helping those who were physically handicapped and those who were financially destitute. Scriven made his living as a carpenter, but received meager wages because he worked mostly for widows and the sick seldom for anyone who was able to pay, and what little he did make, he gave away. The townspeople considered him eccentric, but was respected and became known as the Good Samaritan of Port Hope. It was in 1855 that he learned of his mother's serious illness, and he couldn't be with her in far-off Dublin 
So he sent a letter of comfort that contained the words to the hymn that we just sang. What a friend we have in Jesus. Somebody often asked him who wrote that song. And Scriven would always reply, the Lord and I did. What an encouragement this morning to know that we were friends of Jesus Christ. So if you want to follow along in your notes this morning, we're going to talk about what that means. What does it mean to be a friend of Jesus? If you start in verse 12 and 13, you'll see that he has this command for each of us to love each other. And then he defines what love looks like. A true friend, Jesus says, is willing to lay down his life for you. And we would know what Jesus is talking about here, right? That friendship is truly selfless. The context of this passage, we are reminded that Jesus is giving his farewell address to his disciples when he said, greater love is that you lay down your life for your friend. When he says that, he knows that later, that evening, he would be crucified on a cross for them, for us. True friendship is sacrificial, and Jesus shows the ultimate act of sacrifice when he dies for our sins. It was John who said in 1 John 4.10, This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice. Paul would, later, would earlier write in Philippians 2, 5 through 8, and your relationships with one another have the same mindset of Jesus Christ. What was that mindset, you may ask? Who, being the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus was the perfect example of this definition of friendship, a friendship that is selfless. Jesus was selfless. He was sacrificial to you and me. I read a story about a woman who called a friend, asked how she was feeling. Her friend just said, I feel terrible. My head is splitting. My back and legs are killing me. My house is a mess. My kids are driving me crazy. Very sympathetically, the woman replied, listen, why don't you go and lie down? I'll come over right now. I'm going to cook you lunch. I'm going to clean up your house. I'm going to take care of your children. You deserve some rest. Now, is your husband Sam home right now or is he at work? 
And she said, Sam, my husband's name isn't Sam. And she said, oh dear, I dialed the wrong number. There was a long pause and she said, does that mean you're not coming over? <laughs> we long for these kind of relationships, don't we? Relationships that are selfless. Relationships that are sacrificial. And Jesus, when he says, you are my friend, he is giving you a selfless and sacrificial friendship. The second definition I want to share with you is that friendship is faithfulness to one another. If you look again at verse 14, it says, you are my friends if you do what I command. You are my friends if you do what I command. Let's look at that within the context of our conversation today. In our daily friendships, we learned in kindergarten that true friends don't command, right? They don't boss each other around. We learned that in elementary school. But let me suggest that true friends are obedient to their word. They're faithful. We don't boss our friends around. We don't want to be bossed around. But if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to be obedient to it. True friends are faithful to the friendship. They are faithful to the friendship. And we see that in Jesus, too. He says, if you're my friend, be faithful to me. Be obedient to me. Because what was he? Obedient to us. So far that he gave his life on the cross. He was faithful to every single one of his promises. Outside of MCU Park in Coney Island, there stands a statue of two baseball players, Pee Wee Reese and Jackie Robinson. The statue depicts a simple act that was extremely brave in 1947, when America was a separate but unequal society. And Robinson became the first African-American to play Major League Baseball in the 20th century. That May, according to legend, the Dodgers were playing the Reds in Cincinnati. Now, Cincinnati is about 90-minute drive from Pee Wee Reese's hometown of Louisville, Kentucky. The crowd was mocking Jackie during infield practice. The opposing players were razzing him the scene grows uglier by the second, and in a display of support for his teammate, Pee Wee Reese calmly puts his arm around this black man's shoulders. It's an act that is commemorated by the statue outside of MCU Park in Coney Island. We're told, according to legend, 
that that demonstration quieted the fans, it quieted the Reds, and it was a crucial moment in Robinson's evolution from outsider to big leaguer. And just as significantly, it defined the character and career of Pee Wee Reese. What an amazing act of faithfulness to your friends. It's in Proverbs chapter 17 that you can read. A friend loves at all time. A brother is born in time of adversity. We're reminded in Proverbs 18, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's who Jesus is. Jesus is faithful to his word. He's faithful to our friendship. In fact, chapter 15 has a bigger conversation going on. For those who were in Sunday school this morning, you'll know that this is one of uh, the famous I am statements of Jesus, that he is the vine and that we are the branches. And as long as we stay attached to the vine, what does the vine do? It nourishes us, right? As long as we stay attached to the vine, the vine is faithful to do what the vine is supposed to do. And so we see this obedience even in Jesus. Makes it a lot easier for us to say, well, yeah, I'll be obedient as well because I'm remaining on that vine. Here's another definition for you. That friendship is knowing and friendship is being known. Do you notice in the final part of this passage that Jesus is being made known to us and Jesus knows us? And isn't that what we want in friendship? We want to be known. We want somebody in our life who just wants to know us better. Do you have a friend in your life who just gets you? Jesus gets you. You have a friend in your life who, when nobody else seems to notice, they notice. Jesus is one who does just that. I'm told that uh, Nansen was a Norwegian explorer who once tried to measure the depth of the Arctic Ocean. He brought along his longest measuring line and he dropped it in, but he couldn't find the bottom. So he wrote down in his logbook, the ocean is deeper than that. He brought another rope and tied it to his measuring rod. It didn't reach the bottom. And so he wrote, it's deeper than that. And after several days of adding more and more pieces of rope and cord to his line, he had to leave that part of the ocean without learning ever the actual depth. All he knew was it was beyond his ability to measure. Oh, 
Jesus knows us. But boy, to know Jesus is like dropping that line in the ocean. The depths of knowledge can never truly be grasped. But are you even measuring? I believe that's why Paul wrote to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 3. He says, I pray that you, to the church, be rooted and established in love, he says, that you may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Jesus Christ and to know this love that surpasses even our knowledge so that, so that you may be filled with the full measure of God. Oh, man. That's the kind of knowing that our Savior has for us. He's measured you. He knows you. What an encouragement to us to just turn around and try to get him to know him even better. I believe what we believe, I believe what we know and believe about God affects every area of our life. What God's word teaches us this morning is that Jesus is our friend. He intimately knows us. He is faithful to us. He is selfless and sacrificial to us. Allow that knowledge today to transform your life. It is the sacrificial love and his faithfulness to the cross that we celebrate as we gather around the table this morning. I'm going to invite you as we sing this next song, Amazing Grace. As we sing that song, we have three communion stations set up. If you'll take the cups, you'll find the bread in the bottom cup and the juice in the top cup. And if you'll hold those cups as we sing and reflect on this God who has called you his friend. We'll do just that, and Luke will come up and share some words with us, and we'll take those cups together. But before we do so, let's bow our heads. Thank God for his word. Father, thank you so much for a reminder this morning that you have called us your friends. I pray, Father, that you'll bless this time as we gather to celebrate your sacrificial love. I pray that you'll be honored I pray that we can lift you up. And I'm just grateful, Lord. I just want to say thank you this morning for that sacrifice, for that love. I pray that you will bless our time together as we remember you. And Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.